Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to the Dynasty Wonderland podcast with me, the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK, and of course, my buddy, the Salary Captain, the March Heron, the man himself, Mr. Aaron Stewart. How's it going, buddy? Oh, man, living the dream, doing good, officially kicking off week 11. Wow, the season's yes. flown by. I but know. It, I'm doing good, man. How are, how are you doing? Not bad. I'm here, ready to chat some football. Uh, I had a little bit of a rough day, but I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready to knock this out. Uh, we should have a, there's some good games this weekend, so I'm excited mm-hmm. to chat about that. But we begin with the first game of the week 11. That's right. The New England Patriots at the Atlanta Falcons. And it was hard to get hyped for this one because ha- it just, it feels like the Patriots are playing good ball. And mm-hmm. even though a couple weeks ago I had some hope maybe Atlanta would get themselves in the mix, you know, they play well uh, without Ridley and all that, but they just, no, 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 no. And you could tell they, uh, they missed them some Cordero Patterson tonight, I do believe. Very much so. But uh, I, w- what's your thoughts on the game? I know there's not a lot to cover. I got a couple things floating around in the brain, but what, what, what are your thoughts? Well, the first thing I'll start with, there's only one thing I'm going to mention with Atlanta. Last week on Off With Their Heads, I said the Atlanta Falcons offense, Off With Their Heads. And look what they did. Put up a big old goose egg performance. I mean, when Quadre Allison's out there leading your team with carries, nine carries, 34 yards. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's disgusting. Because outside Kyle Pitts, and he didn't, he didn't do anything. Uh, no, no one else is exciting there. No one else is. And on the Patriots side, you're, you're, they're just they're playing so great. I believe that's their fifth straight win. They, they, they have an identity, and that was something that was missing last season during their struggles. Mm-hmm. But obviously, they've got a two-headed, uh, two-headed monster in the backfield there, Damian Harris or Mondre Stevenson. It's when one guy comes out. The next guy comes in, and they they both broke some big, big plays there. And on the passing offense, this has kind of been what we've seen all season with the Patriots. No one stood out, and it's not that they're bad players. It's just with New England, it's going to be a low-passing offense because they run so well. And when they do pass, they're going to spread spread it it around. No one had more than 42 receiving yards, but also – that's kind of just this game. I They just didn't need to pass. Um, thanks to Ramondre. Thanks to Damian. Jeez. So seven and four Patriots with a chance, I believe. Yeah, they have a chance. They could, they could take the division lead at the end of week 11. Depends on what the Bills do. So mm-hmm. I know some people are writing off the Patriots, but, you know, some things just never die, it seems. No, I'm actually looking forward to the Patriot-Bills games that will be coming up because obviously those are going to be important for the division race. So that uh, those could be really fun to watch. And uh, um, yeah, with the Patriots, I yeah, it seems like they're going both guys. And I know, you know, our guy, the Podfather, has been pounding the table for Damian Harris, uh, but – they like them some Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre. Ramondre. I think I'm saying that right. Um, but the Patriots seem to like the Rook. 
and they're using him. I mean, he had 12 yeah. attempts to Damian Harris's 10. Um, but you still got to love Damian Harris. He's still working it. Obviously, no touchdowns tonight for either of them. Just really kind of a fantasy wasteland this game, really, when it comes yeah. down to it. So I guess there's not a whole lot to say. But that, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about is, that, you know, there was a big debate on Stevenson or Harris. And uh, I would have been in the Harris corner, but I can definitely see them using both. So I have learned on Twitter this week that there is a cult following of Ramondre Stevenson fans, a cult following of it. It's, you don't want to poke the beast on that one, but I certainly do have to give Ramondre credit. Like there's, there are, there are are plays that he has where it's like, oh my goodness, this guy is, is just, it's, he's a monster. It's tough to bring him down. I guess the, the thing that, and he's a rookie. He's a rookie. He can improve on this. It's more of the consistency. It's like, okay, that's awesome to bring that for one play. Can you bring that every play? Because if you're only going to bring it every so often, you're, this is what he's going to be, where at best it's, okay, it's a 50-50 split with Damian Harris. And I don't think it has anything necessarily to do with Harris being bad or Stevenson being good. It's just it's it's just seems to be part of the scheme the scheme is hey we're gonna wear you down and oh we're gonna bring a guy out kind of give him a breather for a series and we're bringing in a guy that's also gonna wear you down it's an interesting approach but the patriots have always shown hey whenever whenever the league zigs they zag oh like we're uh, everyone's gonna be in i don't know i formation the a decade ago they went wide and when everyone else went to three four wide receiver sets the patriots are like eh, we'll go back to dual tight ends mm-hmm. <laughs> run the ball it's it's interesting it's interesting on that and it's smart you got to do something different to stand out and the results seven and four this season that's yeah. working well they got two backs they like i mean so mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then I would also say it, it is interesting because I think a lot of people on the other side with the running backs were thinking maybe Wayne Gallman. Then there was a report that came out that uh, maybe look for Mike Davis to get work. And here we are. It was actually Kadri Ellison. So <laughs> it's, it's just cr- crazy how things work out sometimes because I, I wouldn't have expected Olison to be the main guy here. But hey, so. Oh, yes. Olison. Hopefully Patterson's back, but it does sound like he could be out another week, but we'll see. Mm. So we do have some QB news. Obviously, this is part of week 11, but I think get into it before. Obviously, the big one is Super Cam is likely to start this Sunday. So I know I did hear and see a few things about why not just keep using PJ Walker and have Cam Newton, you know, do his part. And I'm like, eh, let's see Cam full time. I'm ready for it. Um, I think it could be beneficial all around fantasy wise for that offense. So let's see, let's see, because I, I think people are, some people are down on Cam because Mm -hmm. of his time in new England, but people got to remember that, that Patriots roster was kind of stripped. Like Bill Belichick came out last season and was like, hey, what did you expect? We went all in for like so many years to try and win the Super Bowl. Like, right. And then obviously this year, 
He went and poured a bunch of money into the offense. And it just, it always felt like, even though Bill loved him some Cam Newton, respects to Cam Newton, it just felt like it was almost the, you know, square peg round hole situation, you know, where it just didn't quite mesh. And yeah, there were some good moments there, but um, I feel like this might work out a little bit better in Carolina. And uh, I'm just excited to see it. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, and definitely to, to add even more interest to it, the Panthers are in Carolina hosting Washington, which that's Ron Rivera. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm pretty certain I said this last week too. The the reason if you're an NFL fan that you never need to watch any drama shows ever is the NFL, it's just perfect. It is reality TV. <laughs> it's you can't write this stuff you can't script it it's perfect yes and you know you talk about pj walker look like it was a great story with them like he washed out the league went to the xfl lit it up a little bit it's like cool awesome made it back to, to the nfl and you know what if he remains a backup quarterback for the rest of his career honestly that's that's not bad like he he could say he had a career in the NFL, but every time we've seen him come in and play, has there ever, has there been a single performance over these past, the past what year and a half when PJ Walker's got extended playing time that we're like, Ooh, this guy's interesting. Like this guy could maybe be a starter. I've never gotten that from him. It's always been some really bad performances. And quite frankly, if PJ Walker showed any signs of being like a starting quarterback, Cam Newton wouldn't be here in Carolina. Right. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying like TJ Walker starting this week. It, it was last week. I mean, they were already getting him on the Cam Newton on the field. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Newton's going to start. It's going to be a great story. I love it. I, I do think PJ played well last week. And I, I do think he's someone that could be a solid backup. Like it, he came in last week, played all right. They got the win. Cool. Um, but, yeah, not someone you want to depend upon long-term. So we're going to see Cam, yeah. and I'm excited. And then I guess I don't know if I can say I'm excited, but uh, Joe Flacco is starting for the Jets. Don't need to spend mm-hmm. a ton of time on this, but but it is interesting because everybody was so excited about my <laughs> I, I just that to me was just insane. The 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 way people hopped on that train so quickly was crazy, and uh, here we are. And Zach Wilson not going to be ready to go. So in comes Mister Flacco, who came in at the end of last week's game with three for three, I believe, with a touchdown. So I, this might be okay fantasy wise for the offense now if i remember correctly who do they play oh yeah they play the dolphins so they might actually in new york they might actually be able to make a little noise with mr flacco at the helm so i'm kind of interested to see how this goes but uh it probably doesn't matter because next week zach wilson will probably be back but uh yeah so flacco back in starting position (laughs) now uh, real quick before I see what you have to say, would you gotta get? I you gotta give Flacco some props, man. 
He's mm -hmm. played some hella good games in playoff runs for the Ravens. Like I've watched it. Like dude, dude's had some games where it's just like, man, he's a killer. So I can't, I got to give Joe Flacco his respect. And, uh, and I, I also got to say he'll probably be better than Mike White. So, <laughs> but that's yeah. It, and really with this, like the, the only reason I go is because that Chet's trade for Flacco just didn't make sense for anybody. Cause I, I can get on board with what, with what you're talking about, about, but, uh, about with Flacco, if I can get that out, is that Flacco, Flacco <coughs> is a veteran quarterback that's proven that, that he can make throws and, and, and be the, the backup QB that comes in three, four games and, is able to keep teams in the playoff hunt but with the Jets it's like it's a franchise that's just going nowhere um but you're right the hype with Mike White so people do right like there's one big game like in and it's like people coming out touting them it's like no nobody was touting Mike White nobody <laughs> oh it was, it was he was touting himself I don't know if you remember but oh yeah Hey, he was he was and you know what like for a backup quarterback to have confidence like, sure awesome like you best you best have confidence but, yeah. oh man like geez what was it four touchdown game and then followed up with a four interception, interception game, game yeah. oh, hey i want and that's all i'm going to talk about with the jets there but hey with flacco uh and i had the fun stat last week he was the highest scoring fantasy quarterback from the 2008 uh, uh, 2008 NFL draft. It's right. impressive with, with Flacco. Hey, I, I hope he has a good game. I hope he has a good game. All right, let's get into the rest of the week 11 games. Down the week 11 rabbit hole we go. I got the timer started. Let's begin. First of all, Broncos, Rams on a bye, so let's not forget that. You're going to be missing a few, few pieces there to your teams, but we begin with for the North, Green Bay at Minnesota. Not that this game is for the NFC North because Minnesota uh, very unlikely to even make the postseason, but they still got a shot for a wild card, I guess. But this is a game that is interesting because I do think Minnesota, in Minnesota, should be able to keep up with Green Bay. They usually play Green Bay well in, in Minnesota. So I feel like this could be a game where we get us some fantasy points. Now, Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard, they're banged up. MVS, I think, hit the injury report today. But uh, they should all be good for the weekend. So we should have two mostly healthy teams against each other. And I feel like we get some fantasy points here. It's certainly shaping up that way because, especially as you talked about in Minnesota, it's a dome game. Because at first, when I was like, oh no, like we are approaching those cold weather games, I was like, oh, I hope it's not outdoor. It's in Minnesota. Yes. yes. Because it does have the makings of like, ah, like when you're building DFS lineups, the Vikings are, they're always one of those teams because it's fun to, to build lineups because they don't they do the opposite of what the patriots do patriots spread the ball around the, the vikings go nah we've got two receivers in jefferson Thielen. we've got dalvin cook that will throw the ball to and maybe tyler conklin scores a couple of touchdowns yeah we'll sprinkle him in every once in a while 
exactly it's you can always bank on that like it's very consolidated oh, oh who was the the second year they had um the second year receiver osborne osborne yeah. was there for like a little bit but i really haven't heard much from him lately but yeah i it has the makings of a potential shootout but like mm. also both teams are like sneaky good pass defenses so it'll it'll be interesting um the packers the, the thing that I don't think people are talking about enough is, of course, they're eight and two, and that's fantastic. Of course, one of those losses being the, the COVID game for, for Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. But they have so many pieces that they're missing that are going to come back to their team. Jair Alexander, uh, the left tackle, David Baca. Yeah, I I would butcher that name. The blindside <laughs> tackle, like it's it, it's crazy that they've been this good and they have reinforcements along the way. Man, that that team maybe should that that should be the Super Bowl favorite, I think. Mm. But this game itself to get back to Week Eleven, I'm hoping for some fantasy points yeah. in this one. And I do know Green Bay's defense is playing pretty well, and that does put them as one of the favorites. But um, in Minnesota, this Viking, the Vikings just always playing well, and I I definitely yeah. could see this being um, a a good day for for people who roster these players on these teams. All right, we'll go ahead and move on. Thirty seconds left in that one. Restart the timer. Battle in Buffalo. We got the Colts. Going to the Bills, I got some thoughts on this, but you go ahead and get us started on this one, Aaron. It is the rematch of the playoffs from last season. And, of course, Frank Reich, the head coach for the Colts, he has a connection with Buffalo. He was a longtime backup quarterback there in Buffalo back in the day. And it is interesting because the the Bills are – team that is going to air it out that's that's typically what they're going to do their running backs just don't do much do much at all like there may be a Matt Breida game who knows Mm -hmm. whereas with the Colts it is the opposite like yes the passing offense does have a really good young receiver in Michael Pittman but they are leaning heavily on Jonathan Taylor and I applaud them for that because Taylor's just that damn good right so the interesting thing on this game is which team can establish their identity in, in this game? And it's in Buffalo. It's in Buffalo. Oh man, it's going to be such a good one because the the Colts have scratched and clawed their way. They are right there in the playoff picture, and the Bills. We sp- we spoke about their division rival, the the Patriots, that just won. They're seven and four. The Bills mm-hmm. lose. All of a sudden, the Colts improve to six and five. The Bills go down to six and four and both teams are right there in the wild card hunt. Like this is, it's going to be a fun battle. And it may be if one of these teams misses the playoffs, you point back to this particular game and you go, Oh yeah, they lost to team a lost to team B. And that's why team A is not in the playoffs and team B is in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to this playoff rematch. What are your thoughts? I agree. I'm looking forward to it as well. <clears throat> Have I, I know Buffalo's defense um, has played pretty well, but I think we also have to look at, you know, Buffalo, I'd say roughly half their schedule at least. They haven't, you know, hasn't been tough teams. And, um, you know, 
We've seen them have the dud against Jacksonville. We've seen them struggle against better teams. So I, I guess I want to see more out of this Buffalo offense um, because it's, it's tough to say with that running. It's like, it's like, I think I've talked about before. It's like they have a bunch of secondary running backs, but no true work the guy you can really rely on. And when it gets later in the year, when it gets into the playoffs, that shit makes it tough. Um, and so it, it, it's kind of like, I, I'm sure they'll be able to move the ball against the Colts defense They're They've been playing better, but uh, I think maybe I'm a little concerned. I'd like to pick the Colts cause they've been playing well. And, uh, but I just feel like Buffalo in, in Buffalo, this defense is going to do enough to mess up Carson Wentz where it's not going to be, I don't think it's going to be good for them. And I do think it could be interesting for a while. And I definitely am not shying away from Jonathan Taylor just because they're playing the bills play your studs always. So I think Jonathan Taylor will find a way to get it done, but uh, I I feel like this is going to be one of those Carson Wentz fucks it up in the fourth quarter kind of (laughs) games. Like that's, that's how I see it going. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting one. I'm excited for it. And um, I just want to really, I just want to continue to see JT kick some ass and Buffalo Bills. Show me a little something more. Show me a little something more. Exactly. And then my one closing statement there with the Bills defense, you brought it up with Carson Wentz, is that this Bills pass defense has chewed up and spat out mediocre and and horrible quarterbacks. And so yeah. Carson Wentz cannot he all he has He's to stupid. do his his major thing is and the Colts this entire season, they don't ask him to do much and he doesn't right. need to force things because Buffalo will take advantage of that. So Carson Wentz, for the love of God. Just don't, don't, don't be Carson Wentz. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just See, take the I, easy passes. I love the passion in the heart, but like, there's sometimes you got to go, okay, dude. It, like you just times he's trying to do too much. And, uh, like, you know, he, hopefully he chills it out. Cause this is a game they can't afford to lose, even though I feel like they're probably going to lose and kind of puts them in a real hole. Um, but hey, you never know. Buffalo, I don't think is looking indestructible uh, either. So I did, it, you know, we'll see how it goes. But moving on. Next up, we have the man Lamar Jackson against what could be the future man Justin Fields. Now, obviously, they're not going to be competing against each other directly on the field. But uh, I kind of like this. I want to see the Ravens. Um, get a little bounce back here, get back in their groove. But hey, you got the Bears right there. The Ravens don't have an overwhelming defense. Uh, it does feel, again, we've talked about like they're, you know, Fields is getting a little more comfortable. Mm-hmm. The Bears offense is starting to cater a little to more, a little more to what he can do. So we're still waiting to see enough to where we can really you know, kind of count on any of these receivers. Cause at this, up to this point, we haven't been really able to, you know, it's right. been the running backs we can count on. Um, so I'm interested to see if, if Justin Fields takes another step, if we get closer to getting some more fantasy relevancy out of the offense. Uh, but as always, you know, me, 
it's it's Lamar Jackson. I I gotta watch. I gotta love Lamar Jackson. So I'm always excited for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And I want to continue to see more Rashad Bateman. Give me more Rashad Bateman, Baltimore. Come on. Absolutely. And and I'm right there with you. And it's Lamar Jackson, the Ravens. That is almost always when I'm like, which game should I straight? Oh, Ravens, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> Lamar Jackson is just that much fun to watch. Yes. I'll also say, like, you know, in the, in the show sheet here, we have Lamar Jackson versus Justin Fields. I don't need to pull up Justin Fields' stats there. You know what? It, I, I get the deja vu of, like, Lamar Jackson during his right. his rookie season because the stats the when you take just the passing stats you go oh wow on the season four touchdowns to eight interceptions he hasn't had a single game with mm-hmm. multiple passing touchdowns at all right. and despite that like he's had back-to-back weeks where where he's had top 10 fantasy uh quarterback weeks you know of course he had the bye week in week 10 and, and that's that's just it's it's mind-blowing it's it's Literally, these the his last two games, two touchdowns to two interceptions, and you're like, mm-hmm. man, if quarterback, if, is that not Matt Ryan? <laughs> right, <laughs> his past two games where it's he is giving you like nothing less than five points in each game, but Justin Fields is, and I, I love that I'm seeing this. He's actually running. Like I know it seems like kind of a duh, a duh thing. Like the guy's got amazing speed, a four five one uh, 40 yard dash. You know, that's 98th percentile. That's right, right right there, right behind Lamar Jackson. And, and the thing is, we've seen him exceed 40 rushing yards in three of the past four games. The one time he missed it was 38. So, you know, you can kind of give him a pass on that. And I love that we're, we do have that Konami code quarterback, the true, mm-hmm. like this is the closest thing we have to Lamar Jackson right now, like Jalen hurts. And I've been, I love Jalen hurts, but fields was a first round pick just like Lamar Jackson. Like they're going to have the security, like just fields mm-hmm. is going to have the security that Lamar Jackson had. And maybe we have that with Trey Lance. We, we still don't, we just, we just don't know what Trey right. Lance, but I love it. I do prediction strike. I really, really enjoy it. And one of the things I did was I purchased Justin Fields stock. Uh, there you go. Man, week, weeks ago. And the idea, I was like, I am holding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just, I uh, bought a significant amount of stock. And I just went, you know what? If, if he hits as a Konami code, it's going to skyrocket. So what I'm seeing these last four games here, like I can live with that. And now we're starting to see top 10 upside where he right. hasn't been doing it with the passing. Just imagine when the passing gets there, because exactly. he, he's a more natural passer than Lamar Jackson. And that has me excited. Right. I am pumped. And I do hope everybody, anybody who still doubted Lamar Jackson and his passing after this year shuts the fuck up because we talked about it all off season and I pounded the table for Lamar's going to be throwing the ball this year. Now they got there in a funny way because I just thought that's how naturally the offense would go and uh, Rashad Bateman taking him that would be a big part and then you know Bateman gets injured but all their running backs get, get injured and they're not as great running the ball except for Lamar Jackson of course and so yeah just uh, love the Ravens Let's get some more, like I said, Rashad Bateman. But yes, you said it perfectly. Justin Fields is like 
it, it is the, this, the parallels with him and Lamar are great. Mm-hmm. And like you said, though, could end up being a better passer and and yeah yeah i don't know how you can't be excited for fields you just have that patience because now we start to show what we knew he would show and you know at some point he's gonna get a coach that's gonna really be able to you know highlight what he's best at so but i'm going way past the timer so we move on that's all right the tennessee titans they have a guy that it's funny. This particular dude, I think I brought him up last pod, but this particular dude used to be on the Colts. And I was a huge fan. Had him rostered all over in Dynasty Leagues. And then at some point, you just kind of give up. But he he runs a 4-4, 440-yard dash, 83rd percentile. Speed score of 105, 83rd percentile. Burst score of 130.4, 89th percentile. And, you know, there's stuff to like about this guy. And I'm talking about to one Marcus Johnson. Because when the Titans not only lose Derrick Henry, but then Julio Jones hit the IR. They need help. And, you know, lots of places, you know, that Westbrook kind or Akine, I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name. But you look at that dude's profile and it doesn't really, you know, grab you. So it was just like, and somewhere along the way in an infirmary, I completely missed Marcus Johnson because if I would have looked more closely at the depth chart and saw his name, I would have totally brought him up in the infirmary. But You know, he made some noise last week. And my question to you, Mr. Aaron, is do you think he makes some noise this week as the Titans take on, well, the the Houston Texans? Well, starting to talk about the Texans here. That (laughs) defense can't stop anything. Right. (laughs) It's so, so bad. So bad. And Marcus Johnson, I have I have been there right with you. Where I've I pull up the profile. I remember I remember what it was maybe three years ago that, that it was he was starting to get some some work and, and he's he's a deep threat guy. Like that's mm-hmm. you look at the yards per reception, it's like it's in his career, it's always 16 yards or more. And right. he's got the speed of the burst that you talked about. And man, it is hard like not to go, yes. And, and on the surface, too, it's like with Julio out, like who else is standing up? I'm looking at the receiver snaps here from from last week. He played two thirds of the snaps, and Chester yeah. Rogers, who is he? I mean, he's strictly the slot receiver there, played a third. And Nick Westbrook Akine, I think that's how it's pronounced. But my goodness, Ikine. never trust me. For right. That. <laughs> I think he I might have heard it said it. by somebody else like that. So. I will just go with Nick Westbrook. You know, it was like he played with like Marcus Johnson doubled the amount of snaps that any non AJ Brown receiver played. Well, and he out targeted everyone. Right, right. And I guess the only issue on this one is I go, this offense in particular, because how many, here's where the issue is, because I'm sure it is definitely skewed. By the Derrick Henry weeks, 
but it's still a team that is in the bottom quarter of the league in team pass plays. Mm -hmm. So are we really interested in a guy that is, I guess maybe the number two wide receiver, but it's, it's like, there's still other receivers that are going to get targets. They like to play multiple tight end, uh, tight end sets and get them involved in the passing game a little bit, but just swing had five targets this week. He was actually, second in targets he had five targets and Pruitt Pruitt is he always has these it seems where it, he'll only get like one or two targets but he's always in freaking red zone yeah. yeah so and that's that's kind of where my problem is as you go pass volume's not there and then there's these passing touchdowns always go to the weirdest guys it, it's uh, so frustrating and it's uh, it's still a team that's heavily committed to the run. And, and speaking of the run game, it's like, you know, McNichols is there as a pass catcher. I know he has mm-hmm. not been what we have hoped these last couple of weeks because he was one of the top waiver wire guys, but Dante Foreman was a guy that was getting involved in the passing game. And, mm-hmm. and the Titans are, it goes back to the Patriots. So like the problem with Patriots pass catchers is they spread it out. Right. That is exactly what the Titans do there. And yeah, I mean, you look, you look at the game and it's impressive. I mean, topped a hundred, he got a hundred yards on the dot, but before that he had four catches on the season. He had three back in week five and then one from week six, all the way to week nine. I just, I'd rather pass and just go, you know what? Someone else take it. And I hate it. I mean, poor, poor Marcus Johnson, but he's 27, 28 years old. Like yeah, that's never exceeded 300 pass uh, receiving yards. It's he is what he is. Right, and quickly because the timer went out. But I, that's what I was going to say is it, it, you really do got to look at. I mean, as much as we like him, I mean he's been around a while now and really hasn't you know been featured much. So it, you know it's nice to see. Um, but even if it does somehow, if he does continue as the number two and gets a handful of targets that, I mean, when Julio comes back, that's going bye-bye anyway. So, okay, we move on to the next one. What do we got here? The, who the hell are these teams? Speaking specifically of the Saints and the Eagles, just because, yeah. What do you got, Aaron? Who the hell are these teams? Philadelphia is the team I never know who they are because <laughs> right. they'll have an ugly game and then the next week an impressive win. The Saints are a little bit more stable. They have obviously been hurting since Jameis Winston's left. But right. you know what? Trevor Simeon, to his credit, on the season, five passing touchdowns, no interceptions. No, he's not played bad. Yeah. I and, think it, no Kamara is what really hurt him last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't bank on Kamara um, playing this. I don't know. Like, I was – maybe it wasn't a high ankle sprain, but mm. I, I don't know. It just seems like I'd rather I'd rather wait a week. Even if he plays, I, mm, I don't think they're going to give him the full Kamara workload. But the Saints, I think, still have an identity because even though they lost their quarterback and that stinks – it's not like with Winston that they were out there passing a lot. And from what we've seen from Simeon, is he as talented as Winston? No, no. but 
He's not putting up a Mike White for interception performance. And, and they don't need a quarterback to go out and, and throw 300 yards, three touchdowns. They haven't needed that all season. So Simeon right. going out there and throwing a touchdown or two and just making sure not to give the ball to the other team, it works. And Mark Ingram was very solid in handling mm-hmm. the workload. It's like, wow, turn back the clocks a little bit because we haven't seen that in like two years. Right. Uh, yeah. Eagles, no freaking clue. They're such a wild card. I don't even know if I could bet on this freaking game. I'm a little shocked the Eagles are are the favorites, though. I, actually, seeing that, I would take the Saints on the road as a two-point underdog. I feel more confident with them than I do with the Eagles as a Vegas favorite. But well, what are your thoughts on these two teams? You know, who the hell are they? I don't I don't know. I honestly I don't think I can add much to what you said because it's it, with the Saints. You're right. It's it does feel like they kind of have some ups and downs, but I think for the most part, it, you know, they're consistent in what they're trying to do. And really, it's right. just been okay. It was Winston, and then he went out, and you know, when you're when you're rolling with Winston, you're going to have some crazy stuff happen, crazy games. But now, no Winston and Trevor Simeon, maybe a little more stable, yet not as talented. So I just, I feel like they'll keep chugging along. Um, but yeah, the Eagles, they're just so weird. And it, it stinks because I want to see more out of Jalen Hurts. I believe in him more, but, it, you know, he may not do enough to convince the Eagles or anyone that he should be the guy. Um, Cause I don't think he's done it yet. So, and you know, it's kind of weird. Like now they're just running the shit out of the ball. And it's like, I I just, and I don't know. I'm with you on the Eagles. I don't even know what to say. Really. I really don't. Cause they, they've, they've kind of been a bit, confounding all year and I've, I've, I've said that about the saints at times but yes the eagles much more so and uh but i do think this could be an interesting one and uh, I'm, I'm with you i would i would be surprised if the eagles find a way to pull this out i will say the one thing that i'm intrigued about the eagles i don't think it'll be this week but the clock is starting they have they've activated miles sanders from IR so they have that three-week practice window mm. and I'm I'm interested because I feel like when he went on IR the fear was Kenny Gainwell is going to come in and steal everything and Gainwell didn't do anything and right. Howard has been he's been solid but he 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 is not keeping Sanders off the field on this one so Sanders could be a late season the, one of those late season running backs that helps you win because the Eagles have run the ball been doing like a really good job. Exactly. They've been running very well. And Sanders was getting volume. Like it was yeah. one of those, the results weren't there with Sanders, but like the opportunity and everything you wanted, it was there. So that's the thing to, to watch for. And I'm intrigued to see if it, if he comes back this game. I don't think so. Cause it was such a late week. Uh, I think it was today. Um, so when people are listening to this, it was it was Thursday that he got activated. So maybe not this week, but next week, Miles Sanders return. Yeah, we'll see. It could be. He's cleared. Yeah, we'll have to see. 
but uh, yeah, his return is something to look forward to. Faux show. All right, move on to the next one, which is a sneaky shootout. Cincinnati at Las Vegas. I think this could be a sneaky shootout, my friend, because I think Las Vegas is going to want to rebound from their game last week against the Chiefs. And let's face it, that game really turned with that whole Deshaun Jackson fumble. I think he's going to be fired up. The Raiders are going to be fired up. They're at home. And I also think the Bengals are going to be coming to play because the Bengals – that. They themselves were looking great and then had a bit of a stumble. So, you know, I think this could be a bit of a high scoring affair and uh, I'm all for it. If I'm playing DFS, I'm like, yeah, give me some Jamar Chase and some Brian Edwards because uh, Brian Edwards is slowly creeping up, you know, slowly creeping up. So keep an eye on that guy right there. But uh yeah, and I was looking at um, <clears throat> running backs today, and I, you, you know, I hadn't realized how impressive, really, Joe Mixon, Mixon has been this year. He really has been, and you know, it's I'm happy to see it. You know, I didn't have a lot of him rostered in general, and it seemed like he was hard to get because the, those who had him were always like, "No, it's coming." It's coming. Like <laughs> so it, he's really had a great year. And I'm just it's good to see. It's good to see. Absolutely. And one of the things <clears throat> in this matchup that is very intriguing, as you talked about the Bengals coming out and ready to play. It I think we're set up for a perfect storm on this one because Burrow going to player profiler. His yards per pass attempt is 8.7. That's number two in the NFL, the entire NFL. He has done such a great job on that. And then going to the other side with the Las Vegas Raiders pass defense, their average depth of target is 8.8 yards, which is the fourth highest. <laughs> the, the teams ahead of them are little uh, like teams you would expect in the Detroit Lions. And then there are some interesting, there's some better defenses the broncos and mm. the saints but it'll be interesting like this what what that tells me as an analyst is i go okay the raiders part of their scheme is like they are going to allow deep passes and joe burrow is a guy that likes to throw deep mm-hmm. so that will be the matchup there will they be able to do they have an answer for jamar chase do they have right. an answer for t higgins it will be an interesting battle. I may have to dig into those wide receiver quarterback matchups a little bit, yeah. but it's, and the Raiders passing offense has, I, I don't think I could say underrated anymore. I feel like with half a season now we've come to go, okay, car car has been throwing it pretty well. He has been, yeah. uh, well, he himself think, is, uh, is always underrated. But. I think they're, they're missing rugs. I, I really think they are, but yeah. Um, you know, hopefully Deshaun can give him a little bit of that. But sorry, sorry to interrupt. Continue. Right. Oh no, no, because I think that was a good thing to to add, and that was one of the things I'm pulling up here with the Raiders was to see like how much how much was Deshaun Jackson involved. Mm, the answer is none, but that was obviously still getting used to the team going forward. We certainly like that because yeah, right now that's such a simple wide receiver depth chart to figure out. It's Edwards is running his routes. Hunter Renfro is running his routes in the slot. And Zay Jones was like the one-for-one 
replacement for Henry Ruggs. But the, right. the issue with Zay Jones is in that role, he's running those empty calorie uh, routes where right. in the, the Jalen Guyton from last year, where he may be out there playing a lot of snaps, running a lot of routes, but getting three, four targets. Right. So, yeah, th- you, you brought up a great thing with Deshaun Jackson. Are we going to see more of him? Because that would be a better one-for-one replacement in terms of skill set, playing style to Henry Ruggs mm. than a Zay Jones. But at the same time, you feel bad for Zay Jones. He, if you follow the Raiders, like that is that's been a player that the coaching staff loves. He's busted mm. his tail. It's been nice to see him get an opportunity, but he also hasn't done anything yep. <laughs> with it. Okay, we move to the next one. I'm going to let you begin this one. And yes, by the way, I, I'm really focused on Deshaun Jackson too because I think they need at least some of what he can do. E- even if he's not, you know, playing, you know, the majority of the snaps, you got to get him in there to do because the Henry Ruggs was really having a pretty good year till the tragedy that uh, unfolded unfolded so it it, you know it'd be nice if Deshaun Jackson can at least give them a piece of that um because that would benefit the overall offense a lot I think but uh yeah so next one I go from the sneaky shootout game in Las Vegas to the obvious shootout game in Kansas City Kansas City the Chiefs hosting oh yeah that's right Mr. Aaron's a one Dallas Cowboys. So start us off, buddy. Going to be a fun game. I am pumped. My primary dynasty league has got some Chiefs representation in the crowd in the league filled with Cowboys fans. So, you know, there's going to be some bragging rights going on. And you're right. Like this, it's such an obvious shootout that like in DFS, it's like, I don't even want to, I don't want to get, heavily involved with it like i want maybe small pieces of it and it's like oh trying to figure out the right pieces to put in there michael Gallup (sighs) could be interesting michael gallup especially that price tag absolutely i i'm a little worried as a cowboys fan not for the cowboys themselves because they bounce back they bounce back extremely well last week with the Falcons Mm. but the Chiefs also bounced back incredibly well themselves and started to play like the Chiefs that the rest of the NFL has kind of feared for the last Mm -hmm. two plus seasons you know Mahomes in a five touchdown game and what like a couple went to Tyreek and it's like man you know that performance for my um my guillotine league would have been great if it happened the week before, but of course I get eliminated and then right. all that. But I digress. It's which team is going to continue their momentum. Uh, I, I think I'm going to go Kansas city on this one, mainly like the home field advantage and that that pains me. That pains me. I, I will be on the edge of my seat on this one because I sit there and I go, I really don't know. I really don't know. But this, the matchups we're going to have. I mean, a lot of people don't watch wide receiver cornerback matchups, but it's Trayvon Diggs who has been 
a ball hawk at mm-hmm. quarterback? Is he going to be matched up with Tyreek Hill? So that because we know the ball is going to be thrown a lot there, and hey, you got Tyreek, and you got the guy that's been getting like an interception every single game. You know, what are the Cowboys going to do with Travis Kelsey? How are they going to generate pressure with Patrick Mahomes? It it will be quite fun. But if I have to make a pick for money, give me the Chiefs at home. Ugh. You won't do it? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go Dallas, even though it really doesn't matter because we our picks, the whole picks thing kind of trailed off <laughs> while you, <laughs> you were, were while you yourself when we're in the infirmary. But <laughs> the, here's the way I look at it, man. The Cowboys, Dak Prescott, has so many more options, in my opinion, than Patrick Mahomes. Dak Prescott is, while aggressive, not as risky as Patrick Mm -hmm. Mahomes. The Dallas running game, better than the Chiefs running game. Flip it to the defenses. Neither one of them are top defenses. The Chiefs have really struggled this year. They've played a little better as of late, but the Cowboys, they're better than they are last year, but still nothing special. But you mentioned uh, Mr. Diggs. Yes, the difference maker. Can't think of a huge difference maker this year. Obviously, they got some guys on there. But as far as this year, difference makers on that defense, I can't think of one. But... Trevon Diggs for the Cowboys. So I, to me, I just see the, you got it. You got it right. It's in KC. And that place, as you know, is loud as fuck. So yes, I, I, I just feel like, I just feel like the Cowboys are going to take this one. It's going to be high scoring studs from both sides. You're going to get your fantasy points. Uh, but I do think if we're, if we're picking, I think the Cowboys take this one and I think the chiefs have to keep fighting to hold on to that division because here's the other thing. Yeah. The chiefs looked like the chiefs last week that it was against a questionable Raiders team who we do feel like has been playing well this year, but has also dealt with a bunch of shit. And at some point, all of everything, all of that has to take a toll off the field, on the field. Like I said, hurts without Henry Ruggs. Like, so I'm just looking at it as like, that was one game. We'll see. I think the Cowboys are actually a much taller task, a much tougher test for Kansas City than Kansas City is for Dallas. But we'll see how it plays out because, you know, if the Chiefs feel like they got their mojo back they, they, and they do, you're right, that is scary. So <laughs> but we'll, we'll see how it goes. But uh, so I'll, I'll pick the Cowboys for you, my friend. I got you. <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> All right. We're going to real quick. Get this timer started. We're going to chat about these beat up squads, the Cardinals, the Browns. Still got Kyler Murray banged up. Baker Mayfield's already is, is more banged up, what I mean to say. And with the Cardinals, Hopkins, we've got you know some guys there, obviously. They've been down Chase Edmonds. James Conner has looked good this year, but eh. You know, Benjamin's really played well since stepping in, but now he's banged up. You look at the back to the Cleveland side, we're still waiting to see if Nick Chubb and the rest of them boys are going to come off 
that COVID list for the game this weekend. So it's 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 just it's kind of a mess. And you got the Cardinals at the Seahawks. And I feel like this should be a game. It should be no problem for the Cardinals if they get some of their players back, you know, because this, I love this. I love Russell Wilson, but they just, their team is rough this year. And clearly, you know, that he's still getting used to playing ball with that hand. So, and then who did the Browns play? That's right. The Lions. This is like a get right game. If you've ever had one, uh, but is, is Baker going to be able to keep himself pieced together to, to play the game or get through the fucking game? So, I did, you know, and the Browns, you know, aside from running back position, just because of how they themselves spread it out, much like the Patriots, we don't count a lot on that for fantasy, other, like I said, other than running back. But, it, you know, the Cardinals, man, we need some Kyler Murray back. <laughs> so tell me what you're what you got for the the beat up squads this week you know when it comes to the cardinals first i just have this feeling especially with the game being at seattle and it's this, this has been the story for the last like five weeks is underdog teams winning mm-hmm. i'm gonna take seattle on that one mm-hmm. you know like arizona will be fine in the long I can term see they're getting their guys back right but kyler and hopkins not being 100 percent Seattle, you're right. They're nothing special, but it is it's a divisional game. Weird things happen in those because divisional teams play each other twice, twice a season. So they they are very prepared to play against a Kyler Murray. And oh, he's hobbled. Oh, that makes it even better. The I gave the camera a funny look. Uh, people that are listening should absolutely watch watch the youtube video and the reason why is because on the espn scoreboard the the browns and lions game is right above the titans texans game where the titans are at home hosting the texans and they they make the titans a 10 and a half point home favorite and the browns are an 11 and a half point home favorite against the lions and i'm like hmm it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because I view the Lions as being an equal team to the Texans, but when we compare those home teams, the Titans are a hell of a lot better than the Browns. So there's no way I am taking the Browns in 11 and a half points. No way. Hell no no. way. Because Detroit is Detroit is a trap game waiting to happen. That's very true. They, they, they are pissed off after tying. I mean, you know, they yeah. got to keep this momentum going. They didn't lose last week. They shouldn't lose this week. I honestly, so, I put the Lions a notch above the Texans, man. To be honest, because they, they played really tough, man. I just think they they don't have a lot of talent. First year coach. I just think they they've lost some close games. They lost some tough ones. So, right. uh, you know, I I think Detroit. I mean. If they get some players in there, uh, obviously a quarterback. Detroit in the next couple of years could become a player because it does seem like the coaching staff is doing the right things. So, Agreed. And it'll be watching. I I know we won't be talking much about offseason, but I am intrigued with what Detroit does this offseason because that will give us a better idea of what direction they're going. I really like what they did this past off season because building a team up from the ground up means you have to lay the foundation. And I knew this, and everyone knew it would be a bad season for the Lions, but I could see what they were doing 
mm-hmm. intrigued and yeah I, that was that was what the weird look was for because i'm like there's like what is crazy. <laughs> how, how how is cleveland a bigger favorite than than tennessee against the you know both teams playing equally garbage teams this season so you know, seattle uh, seattle's going to take arizona it's going to happen i wouldn't surprise me wouldn't surprise me all right we're going to wrap this up with the Sunday night football game. Steelers at Chargers, another guy. We're still waiting to see if he's going to be able to play, get off the COVID list, and that would be Big Ben. Last week we saw Mason Rudolph in that tie that you mentioned against the Lions, and it's too bad. It's too bad. You know who that kicker looked like? an adult version of Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite. Did you ever watch Napoleon Dynamite? I love Napoleon Dynamite. But that's what he reminded yes. me of. And uh, I felt so bad for him, man. Like, because it sounded like he hit the turf before he hit the ball. I, I, I saw some stuff on that, and I'm just like, man. Oh, you poor bastard. It's too bad you did that. But anyway, so we'll see what happens. Pittsburgh, you know, they've just been kind of rough fantasy-wise this year regardless. I mean, you get, you know, your little bit from Deontay Johnson, and, hey, you got a little something from James Washington this year, which is great because I actually started him in one league. (laughs) Had to start him in a league and got the TD. So thank you for that. But uh, the Chargers are the team I'm really looking at because – you got another tough game here for them. Pittsburgh's got a tough defense. You're at home. But I think we, you know, we know that doesn't really matter so much, particularly in L.A. And we need to see, that, like, what has been going on with him? It just, it, I don't know. It just it feels like we need more from this Chargers offense. Right. Justin Herbert, good quarterback. You got Keenan Allen. I know Mike Williams is whatever, but you've got Austin Eckler. You've got – there's plenty of weapons there. So mm-hmm. I'm not understanding where, where, where the – you know, why it's not ascending more. I feel like, it, you know, they should be getting better. So what, what do you think is going on here? You're right. This Chargers offense, and I was watching the Chargers of Vikings game. I was like, "This is weird. What? What? What is? What's the deal here? Is this just a coach trying to really force like a scheme in place?" But like, even that doesn't make much sense because the Chargers at the start of the season was like, "Okay, like wow, the, the offense is what what we were expecting." Mike Williams was cooking, right, and he clearly has it. And and some of that, like it's it's it can't be a coincidence, right? We have to go back and really look at like when Mike Williams started to have his bad games, that's when this Chargers offense just went down the drain. And I sit there and I'm like, man, this, it's a home game. It's a perfect chance for the Chargers to figure their stuff out and, and get back on the right track. But last week was a home game against the Minnesota Vikings. Perfect game to get back on track. And they didn't so both teams coming off the disappointing performances 
they got to figure stuff out here. And, you know, for Pittsburgh, their thing's easy to, to figure out. It's just, are they going to get their starting quarterback? If they don't, then okay. Like you, they almost have the excuse for not, not winning right. the chargers. I can't figure it out. It's um, it, it's a home win against the Steelers would be great. And maybe it turns things around and they start a three, four, five game win streak, but that's what they geez, need. To do. They've been disappointing. Yeah. Right. They've been incredibly disappointing. David. 100%. I completely agree. Well, hopefully we get a good game from them. Uh, it's Sunday night, so we better get we better get back to some kick-ass primetime games. So let's go. Let's get Big Ben back. Let's get this, uh, you know, a good game between the Steelers and Chargers uh, tonight, Cap Sunday. I'm ready for it. Let's go. All right, buddy. Well, I think our time has come to an end for the night. Let us get on our way. Do you have any final thoughts for week 11 or for anything else for that matter? Well, not week 11, but if you are listening to the show or watching on YouTube, just make sure, give us a like, give us a thumbs up, you know, comment, tell us what you like. You know, this is a show for the people. We hope you enjoyed it. And make sure that you follow our show on Twitter. It's at DW underscore pod. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron Stew 9 And Ryan, where can they find you on Twitter? At RMK Madness. Thank you very much, Aaron. Well said, by the way. And uh, we're off. We're out of here. Thank you once again for joining. Hope you all enjoy. Thank you. Thank you. From the chatter, the captain. Stay safe, vigilant, We'll chat again soon. Until then, ta-ta for now. Later.